0: Hey there, Patty Dominguez here with episode 181 of the Positioning to Profit podcast. It's good to have you here checking out this episode. I have another guest, Kelly Moser, who is a top 1% business podcast host, and she's also a podcast guesting expert. And she calls herself a soulful business strategist, and she's on a mission to help big-hearted entrepreneurs spread their message and create a huge impact. Yes, please, that involves me. And my Most definitely, we had a really, really great conversation. She says she's obsessed with helping coaches and healers and strategists, freelancers, creators explore their visibility through podcast guesting. And as someone who has personally had three different podcasts, I can tell you that podcast has been such a labor of love, but it's a lot of work. So if you've ever thought about starting a podcast, I will always say, maybe it's better for you to be a podcast guest first. The reasons are many, and we cover them on this episode as a very sound strategy that you can incorporate into your business to grow your visibility, to build your brand authority, and to connect at a greater level with those who you are meant to serve. It is an awesome strategy. I highly recommend it. So this episode is near and dear to my heart because not only is Kelly an amazing woman, business owner, and fellow entrepreneur, but she also has a lot of great advice as it relates to the power of podcast gusting. So stick around with me on this episode. It is chock full of really great value. And as always, it's such a pleasure to support you on your journey to help you position your brand to profit. And with that, let's get on with the show. Here we go. Let's go. Kelly Moser, welcome to the Positioning to Profit podcast. I'm so happy to be here, my fellow podcast aficionado.
1: Welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, Patty. I'm so excited for our conversation.
0: Me too. I'm really excited because this is going to be a topic that is near and dear to my heart. I love podcasting. And as a matter of fact, you are solving for a real challenge or problem that most people have. So that's why I was very excited to bring you onto the show. Thank you for agreeing to be on the show. And it is around how to magnetize dream clients. Catch that, everyone. Dream clients through podcast guesting. But first, out of curiosity, where are you located, by the way? I'm
1: located in New York City.
0: Okay. New York City. I love New Mm -hmm. York City. Okay. So that's so cool. Can you give us a little bit of a background first so that people are anchored in your background, your experience, and how you got to where you are today?
1: Absolutely. So before I jumped onto the entrepreneurship train full-time, I had a side hustle. On the side of working a very demanding startup job. So, I was the director of strategy and operations for a wellness startup. And so, I got to see the business grow from it was a a business that has brick and mortar locations. So, I got to support the business in growing from two brick and mortar locations to seven in the course of three years, which was really exciting. And it gave me this kind of back seat but also bird's eye, but also hands-on view of what it takes to grow a business from quadruple, essentially the footprint of a business. So I feel like I came into the entrepreneurship space With a huge head start because I had that experience in specifically operations. So that is my wheelhouse strategy and operations. And I was growing a side hustle. I don't really like to call it a side hustle because it was, to me, it was my creative outlet. It was my outlet for joy, for really making an impact in the world. And so I started coaching people. I was specifically at that time going through a mental health journey myself. I had fallen in love with meditation. I had become a certified meditation coach. And this tool had completely changed my life. So I thought, this is something that I need to offer to other people who are stressed Mm -hmm. and burnt out in the corporate world or spinning their wheels in the startup world. So that's how my side hustle started. As I continued to grow, I realized that I had all these incredible tools and that I could bridge the gap between my startup strategy operations brain and the part of my brain that loved meditation and connecting with your intuition and the spiritual side of yourself. So I started, ended up, I ended up. Mentoring other business owners who were on the path to growth, hitting six figures and beyond. And when I was deep into testing all these different strategies to make sure that my clients had the best support, the best tools, they were optimizing all of the best strategies on social media and marketing, I started to fall in love with podcasting. And I realized there was a huge opportunity here, not only for people who have your own podcast. There's a huge opportunity here. Even if you don't have your own podcast, I actually, we were chatting about this before we pressed record. You and I both agree that having your own podcast is not always the answer, but the podcasting space is experiencing such incredible growth right now. There's so much momentum in the space and it's only getting more vibrant. It's only getting more diverse and your ideal clients are listening to podcasts. So, why not have you leverage these audiences that are already built for you, that are filled with your ideal clients mm-hmm. in a way that can that you can leverage to grow your business and grow your brand without having to do the intense labor of growing an audience yourself? Because Patty, I'm sure you and I both know that yeah. growing your own podcast audience is not a cakewalk. It's the same as growing an audience on any other platform. It takes a lot of work and commitment. So that's how I arrived at where I am today, where I'm like, I found this strategy. It works like a charm. I got to help as many people learn how to do this as possible.
0: Okay. I am going to sing your praises on this front because I definitely think it's something that a lot of people, especially if they're not quite at six figures or in a situation where like, I don't necessarily have the budget to spend on ads and testing and advanced traffic strategies and people's eyes roll to the back of their heads, I don't understand, or the proposition of hiring an agency to do that. It's pretty capital intensive. So podcast guesting to (laughs) me, I can give you three reasons. I'd love to get your take or we can go back and forth on this. I'm all about how do you position yourself as the authority? So podcast guesting, it's like, you not only are you coming by and adding value to other audiences, but what a great way to establish your credibility, cross-pollinating with different channels and whatnot. And I think it's such a powerful thing to do. The other side of it is that putting together a podcast requires a team and all the things. And I've had so many times that, I've had clients or people that I know, they start a podcast and while they have good intentions, maybe they'll get up to episode seven, 10, and then they throw in the towel. So for a long time, I've said, I'm like, just go podcast a guest on somebody else's podcast because they get to do all the work and you yes. just show up and be the superstar. <laughs> That's I mean, right. Take the baton and tell me why you think that this is such a great vehicle.
1: Oh my gosh. I could not agree with you more. An analogy that I'd like to share with people that I think really snaps it into focus for them is, okay, would you rather host an event for a thousand people once a quarter where you were in charge of booking the venue, lining up all the speakers, selling tickets, organizing day of, breaking down all the seats and everything, breaking down all the chairs after the event is over? Or would you like to be invited to be a guest speaker at an event for a thousand people where you just get to show up with your Starbucks and deliver an incredible talk and then go home. Mm -hmm. It's, I think there's so much labor to your point that goes into building a podcast. Over 50% of podcasts stop producing episodes in the first year, which just goes to show you that I think sometimes we're sold this kind of story, this narrative that having your own podcast is a build it and they will come situation. Mm -hmm. But because there's not an algorithm, which works to your advantage in many ways, because there's not really an algorithm. It's not really an algorithm driven platform. It's mostly driven by search and organic discovery. Mm. Because of that, you don't naturally get flocks of thousands of people pouring into your podcast, but there are people out there like Patty and me who are doing the hard labor of building audiences for you. And we need Content. We need excellent guests. I think there's sometimes people don't realize that podcasts need guests just as much, if not more than the guest needs podcast opportunities. It is such an incredible symbiotic opportunity. And like the reason that so many podcasts stop producing episodes is because they run out of content or they're not growing their audience as fast as they thought they would be, or they're not generating the revenue that they thought they would be generating through the podcast. But as a guest... If you can position yourself as the person who can help them with all three of those goals, you are going to get booked over and over. So I think something that everyone conceptually understands is that as a guest, I can bring excellent content to a podcast. But the other thing that podcast hosts really want is audience growth. And you can also deliver that to them as the guest, but you have to position yourself In that way, as someone who's not just going to bring an incredible conversation, but someone who's going to bring eyeballs with you, new listeners, new fans of the show. And I think that's something that 99.9% of the pitches that I receive are missing. So that's something that I really want people to understand.
0: Yeah, I love it. The other one, just to piggyback and continue this, that I think is so beneficial that for so long, I wish I would have done this sooner. And it's almost like a no duh. But I also would record it on Zoom, let's say, but I wouldn't do anything with the video portion. Oh my God, I completely missed out on an opportunity to grow a YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you're redoing... more content you're leveraging repurposing again broadcasting your message at a greater level and what a win it is to have a podcast show on video on youtube you could put them on spotify now i just think it's so exciting the options are and listen to your point video is where it's at of course but it's like getting on and reaching different audiences and really casting that net Instead of going about it where it's a very slow climb for the people that are starting podcasts or looking to grow podcasts or certainly doing things by yourself. So big ups for being a podcast guest. I think that is a huge opportunity. So I want to transition if it's okay to the topic at hand, which you're going to bring the goods on this. And I'm very excited to hear your take on it is how to magnetize dream clients through podcast guesting. Kind of take it away. What do you say?
1: Oh, there's so much to this strategy. So I think the place for us to really start is there's a couple of things to keep in mind. A lot of people, the first question that they ask is, what podcast do I want to be on? That's a very intuitive way to think about this strategy. That's actually the last question you want to ask if your goal with podcast guesting is to not just get out there and have people know who you are, but to really make this a strategy that drives revenue for your business. Meaning that you are turning cold audiences into warm leads, into buyers in the span of a 30-minute to 60-minute conversation. So you really want to be thinking about, okay, what is my goal for my podcast guesting strategy? What is the business goal that I want to be supporting with this strategy? So that might be for you. I typically think there are three different strategies when it comes to building a podcast tour, but that's how I recommend people start is thinking about your guesting as a strategic tour. So if you're thinking about like an author who is dropping a brand new book, publishing a brand new book, or an artist who's dropping a new album, or an actor who's got a new movie coming out. These people do publicity tours. And it's very intentional with the intention to get people to the movie theaters or to get people to the bookstores to buy the books. That's how you want to be thinking about your podcasting strategy as well as a guest. So what is the ultimate goal? Is it to fill a one-on-one program that you have? Is it to Mm -hmm. generate leads and interest for a group program? Is it to bring people into your membership you have to start with the end because that's going to inform every other step in the process. Your A great strategy starts so far before you ever press record on an episode. And it continues so long after you're done recording the episode. So first, think about what is that goal? Is it to drive sales, generate leads, grow my email list, whatever it may be? Then you want to think about... <laughs> this is the thing that most people do... Wrong. I'll say, I'll just come out and say it. This is what most people do wrong on a podcast episode that means that you'll never see any ROI from the interview, which is in the last 30 seconds of the interview when the host says, This has been such a great conversation. Where can we learn more about you and what you do? Which almost every host will do at the end of an episode. Most people freeze and they say, Visit my website or follow me on Instagram. What I really want you to think about is if you're goal is to magnetize clients, which I know it probably is. If this is a strategy you want to be putting time and energy into, you want to think about presenting a next step that is so irresistible for that dream client, something that is so irresistible. That's a logical next step for them after the conversation they've just heard. So if you think about what are all of the mindset blocks and the mind drama and the limiting beliefs and the fears that someone needs to have dealt with before they're ready to take that next step with me. That's what your call to action can serve as. And a call to action that's really optimized for a podcast episode is going to do a couple of things. One, it's going to be extremely memorable because when you're listening to a podcast most of the time you're driving yeah. or you are at the grocery store or you're cleaning your bathroom you don't have mm-hmm. your phone right in front of you with right. your fingers ready to take that action so whatever action you invite somebody into it's got to be memorable enough that they're going to want to come back to it when they're done with the school drop off right because the podcast will just keep playing go on to the next episode and they can't get back to it anymore right so it's got to be very memorable it has to be totally irresistible so a lot of t- you know people will say visit my website that's not an irresistible invitation unless there's something incredibly irresistible waiting for them once they click on your website link. Can you send them to a super high value free training? Can you send them to an incredibly high value workshop or a one-on-one call with you where they will walk away with something tangible? So really thinking about what is that irresistible next step that actually feels like a next step and not a step backwards? Because the thing, the other thing a lot of people will do is say, download my free checklist or whatever, but you've covered in this episode, everything that's on that checklist. It's not a next step. It's a step backwards. Right. So you want to make sure that it's super high value, extremely irresistible and memorable too. So those are the things that you really want to be thinking about as far as a next step, a call to action. Those last 30 seconds are going to determine whether or not you magnetize clients from that interview or not. So you really want to make sure you're taking up space in those 30 seconds without making it a a selling show, but making sure that people know where they can take a next step with you and what they're going to receive and walk away with if they do that. Yeah,
0: yeah, I love that. Oh my God, so much there to impact. So can you give us an example of maybe when you talk about an irresistible call to action, can you give some examples of what that would look like for someone? Because I know, for example people may, and I agree, don't send anybody to your website because there's so many buttons, so many potential ways for people to leave because the metrics say like people will jump, they may peruse it very quickly, but then they'll jump off. So I believe, and Kelly, I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like you want to send them to one specific thing so that they can't get diverted by anything else and something that is going to help them. So can you give some specific examples of what is an irresistible? offer. Say if you're like a healer.
1: Yes. Okay. Perfect. Let's say you're a healer. So I've got a bunch of my clients and students right now are healers. So these are very top of mind for me. So let's say you are an energy healer. And the ultimate goal that you have is to bring people into your one-on-one energy work sessions with you. Your call to action at the end of an episode might be to download a five-part series, a five-part healing activation series, where they are going to walk away with X really specific, tangible outcomes that they won't get anywhere else. And you want to draw the distinction that this kind of energy healing that I do is a little bit different from maybe something that you've tried in the past. Mm -hmm. And you really want to start to differentiate your methods, why working with you is different and help to get people over the hump. Because if you're thinking about, okay, if someone is curious about doing an energy healing session with me, what's stopping them? What are those fears that this super valuable call to action, this five-part series can start to alleviate for them? And you can address that in your call to action too. You can say, listen, I know that this might be a new modality for you. That's why in this five-part series, I'm going to walk you through exactly what to expect every step of the way. There's going to be no surprises. And at the end, this is the outcome you expect if you watch all five of these videos once a week for the next four weeks. I really want you to have that transformative experience. Here's the link where you can do that, or you can DM me this keyword on Instagram and I'll send it right over. So that's one example. Something, again, that's super high valuable is super high value. It's memorable. And it really is irresistible. If they've just listened to a 30 minute conversation with you, they're feeling excited, but they're maybe a little bit nervous to take the ultimate next step, which is to enter your six month healing container. And that call to action can be free or it can be paid. So I don't want to limit people to only free offerings. You can absolutely offer something that's paid, but make sure that it's clear that the value definitely outweighs the price. So if someone's at the end of the episode, it's clear that they are getting incredible opportunity and that the price value relationship skews in their favor. So it doesn't have to be free, but it does have to be something that's lower risk.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then out of curiosity, when you said for somebody who is guesting on a podcast and then at the end they say, hey, go to my Instagram and DM me. Do you find that works in terms of conversions better than somebody, for example, punching in? Off their mobile because you know most of us on our mobile. Going to a website, I feel like the friction on that would be higher than if they were to find your profile on Instagram and
1: send you a DM. Do you have any commentary on that? I think both work, but there are a yeah. few things have to be present. The first is that the link needs to be right there in the show notes. The link yeah, yeah. to the exact page, not to your website where they're going to go and they're going to have to navigate around and there's different tabs. Send them to the exact page that you want them to go to. Yeah. I always like to offer people two ways to achieve the same thing. Okay. So some people are going to be right there on their phones; they're going to tap right in, and they're good. Other people are driving, and they're going to more, much more likely to remember a keyword and remember your name. So if the keyword, for example, is, and you can make the key, make sure the keyword is something really memorable, <laughs> right? Because you're going to forget, and you're going to be getting these DMs from people, and you're going to be like, I don't even remember <laughs> saying this. Where did someone find this? What does yeah, this yeah. Word mean? So say something that's really memorable and make sure this is another thing that I see people do, and it never hurts to do it, is to restate your name a few times in that outro because it's been a long time since the host introduced you. Mm -hmm. The person might not be looking at their phone. They have probably forgotten what your name is. They've definitely forgotten what your last name is. Maybe they remember your first name. So a great example of a closing could be if you are ready to take that next step in your healing journey, I would love to invite you to engage in this five-part healing series with me. If you are ready to do it and you're right in front of your phone, just tap down into the show notes. It's going to be there for you. Or if you're not in front of your phone right now, Definitely send me a DM on Instagram at kelly.moser later when you're done driving or with the grocery run or whatever it is you're doing right now. And DM me the word heal, and I'll make sure that I'll get it to you so you don't have to worry about coming back to this episode later. So I always like to offer people two ways to achieve the same result because everyone's going to be. Everyone is a, it consumes things differently. They process information differently. So it's yeah. likely that they'll remember one of those two options.
0: I love that. I love that you mentioned the two options, the two distinct ways that fulfill on the same promise, but it gives people the option. That's a really good tip. And then out of curiosity, as far as podcast guesting, can you maybe give some tips as to where or some common mistakes that people make with podcast guesting where it goes off rails or it doesn't work or things to avoid what they don't want to do.
1: I think something that a lot of people do is say, okay, I'll just wait. I'm I'll put it out into the universe that I want to be on more podcasts and I'll just wait to be invited. And while I think that can be a decent strategy, it takes you out of the driver's seat, right? So the most profitable content, you want to be guesting on shows where you get to feature your most profitable and most potent content. And if you're sitting and waiting to be invited, the host doesn't know what your most profitable content is. Most people don't even know what their own most profitable content is. So take the initiative. I know a lot of people, I think the biggest mistake is a mindset thing that says guesting on podcasts, getting more visible is a reward for success. And nobody's going to want to listen to me and nobody's going to want to have me on their show unless I'm at the multiple six-figure mark or unless I'm at the seven-figure mark. And it's simply not true. So stop thinking about guesting and visibility as a reward for the success that you've created and start thinking about it as a tool to create the success that you want. Because by now, at this point in your business, you probably know What works to a degree. And now it's a matter of getting your message in front of more people, connecting with new audiences. So, that mindset piece, you know, I'm not ready. There, you'll always have your brain will always tell you some reason why you're not ready or you're not enough yet in some regard. And it's simply not true. So, you can choose to raise your hand and initiate these conversations that should always feel like collaborations. Something that people tell me all the time is pitching myself feels icky. I don't want to be pitching people, I don't like being pitched. If you feel icky pitching, I guarantee you're doing it wrong because pitching should feel like initiating a collaboration, initiating a business partnership. Patty, you and I right now, are are we've engaged in a business partnership. I'm going to promote the hell out of this episode when it gets released. (laughs) I'm upholding my end of the bargain because I want to express my gratitude for the opportunity to share with your audience by bringing my audience to your show too. So it should always be mutually beneficial. You should always feel like it's a collaboration. It should never feel like, hey here's why I'd be great on your podcast. And here's why I think I deserve 30 minutes of your time. And um, that's just not, that's not a symbiotic relationship. So really come from a place of partnership, collaboration, be an excellent guest, be an excellent partner, and it's going to feel a lot less icky to start initiating if you do that.
0: I love that because I, for one, I was just taking a look here at my notes. As I reached out to you, and I really positioned it as, "Hey, I saw your profile or whatever." Obviously, I'm paraphrasing, and I said, "You have so much in the way of this topic that I want to bring to my audience and about podcast guesting." And then you're like, "Yeah, absolutely! Like it would be awesome to add value." It was such a nice exchange because it was all about, Hey, this is something that would serve my audience. And you're like, yes, absolutely. Let's do it. So it's very much rooted in collaboration. And there's such a different flavor when you do it that way, as opposed to other people who are just, they're like, they want to shoehorn their book or their thing. And it's like such a different energy. And so that's the one thing is like matching up to people who have that same mindset around it. And to your point, I hadn't even really thought about that people think that they don't know enough or they're not expert enough, or they're not at six figures yet in order to guest. And I couldn't disagree with that more in that. No, you should be doing that because we're not, most of us don't have that celebrity status. And I think podcast guesting is such a great way to start to show the long tail of you do have those thousand rating fans that you can absolutely attract. And podcast guesting is such a great way to do that.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And you might not be ready for a celebrity show right now. That (gasps) might not be where you start, but there are over 2 million podcasts. I guarantee of all shapes and sizes with all different kinds of audiences, there are shows out there right now that are the perfect fit for you as you are right now. And your strategy will grow with you because you'll unlock new opportunities with bigger audiences. And it's just, it's such a wonderful strategy in that way because it doesn't favor the celebrity type. It favors those who position themselves as true partners and collaborators who put the audience first. If yeah. you can do those, do those few things, you're going to get booked and have no problem.
0: Oh, so good. Okay. Thank you for that. That's so very much in alignment with all the things that that I'm about in terms of adding value to the audience and really making it a win-win-win, a win for you, a win for the audience, a win for me. It's just, that's the way to position it, in my opinion. Absolutely. All right. So let's turn the corner into the fast five questions where I'm just going to ask you five random questions and you answer. There are no
1: wrong answers. Are you ready? I'm nervous. No, I'm ready. (laughs) No, you're ready. You're a pro. Okay. Number one, what would make this a great year for you? Oh my gosh, I am. this is the first time I'm telling anyone about this. The only person I've told about this is my husband. Here's breaking news coming in hot. He's just kidding. I am skinny. really excited about starting an agency later this year. So I've shied away from the agency model in the past, but it's something that I really want to bring into the world, not as a moneymaker, but as a, I, I would almost run this agency as a nonprofit. So my margins would be very low. My staff would get paid excellently. And we would primarily employ people who were women escaping domestic violence situations. So I'm oh, wow. really excited about that. That's something that's on the horizon for later this year. And this is the first place I've talked about it. Oh,
0: that's amazing. Okay. You'll definitely have to come back on when you launch it. Cause I want to hear you. about it. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> a- no.
1: Accountability. Now I've got to do it. Now you're
0: on the hook. Now I'm going to, yes, most definitely. I think that's an amazing idea. Okay. So number two, what would you consider your greatest achievement so far?
1: Oh, I actually think my greatest achievement is probably not business related, but my mom got very sick in 2020 and needed full-time care for about eight months. I quit my startup job. That's how I actually ended up making the transition from startup to entrepreneurship. And being able to be so fully present with her for eight months. She's recovered beautifully. She's in great health now, which is amazing. But I honestly, when I look back, that's the thing that I'm the most proud of that. I was not too proud to say, no, I can't be the one to go and give my mom the care that she needs because I've got this corporate career that I've got all that crap. And so I'm just really proud of that decision. And it was definitely the right one. Well done. And
0: so happy to hear that your mom was doing better. That's Thank awesome. You. That's awesome. Number three person, place, or thing. What is one thing that inspires you?
1: I live in New York City and I think it's the most inspiring place in the world. Yeah. Just when I need a dose of inspiration, I just walk out my front door and go explore a new neighborhood and the people here, the culture, the food, ev- like everything just inspires me here. I never yeah. want to leave. Someday yeah, we'll have must. to move to the suburbs and I'm just, I'm kicking, I'm going to go <laughs> kicking and screaming. <laughs> I love
0: New York City. It's just so great. It's so great. It's so much, it's so full of adventure, isn't it? You can literally step out. Okay. What adventure am I going on now? It's just the coolest. Agree. There
1: are streets within a five block radius that I've never been down. And I just, you can have a new adventure every day. So true. Love it.
0: Okay. Number four. What is one thing that you wish somebody would have told you when you
1: first started your entrepreneur career? Oh my gosh, Patty. How long do we have? I know. I would say to really focus on one thing and to not get the something shiny syndrome and start tinkering with your offers i spent so much time just tinkering and guessing rather than making decisions informed on data and intuition it was just this didn't work the first three times i tried for three first three times i mentioned it on social media so therefore it must not it's never going to work so i should just scrap it or try something new i wish i had just known that if you stick with something long enough you'll either it'll either work or you'll have actual data that explains to you why it's not working. And then you can make more informed decisions as you're changing it. So I think patience, definitely some, I wish someone had told me to be more patient.
0: Agreed. All right. Number five, after all is said and done, what do you want your legacy to be?
1: Oh my gosh. I want my legacy to be. So the thing that I want the most for the world is I want every woman in the world to be every woman and non-gender conforming individual to wake up in lives that they felt like they chose. And if I can help people create businesses that they feel like give them some sort of freedom, give them some sort of choice agency, help them live a, live a passion or a purpose that they have. That is the legacy that I want to live.
0: That's beautiful. It's It's so meaningful, isn't it? Like, why we're doing this and the freedom of choice and the freedom to contribute and collab and to have that level of impact. That's really deep. I love that.
1: Thanks, Patty. It's all about impact for me, for sure. Yeah.
0: Kelly Moser, how do people get in touch with you, find out more about what you're doing? Please do share with us.
1: Thank you. So, if you are feeling inspired by the podcast guesting journey, I do have a next step for you where I will help you create a podcast pitch list. So if you want seven strategies where you can find a line shows that you can guest on that aren't just... I don't want this to be a fun hobby for you. I think it's a fun hobby, but I want it to be a revenue generating strategy for you. So I'm going to share seven strategies that I use to find podcasts, I get booked one to three times a week. On average, I'm going to share the exact strategies with you. So if you click into the link in the show notes, (laughs) this is a little meta because we're sharing (laughs) the call to action that we just talked about. If you click the link in the show notes, the link will be there to take you to this free digital guide. Or you can send me a DM on Instagram. It's at kelly.mosser. And just send me the word guide and I'll send it right over. That is... An incredible resource. It's going to save you 50 plus hours of headache and confusion. And if you're serious about going deeper into your podcast guesting strategy, when you DM me on Instagram, I can share a few ways that I'd be able to support you in doing that. So thank you so much, Patty. It's been such a pleasure. And I hope that everyone walks away with a nugget that they feel like they can start doing this sooner rather than later.
0: Love it. Okay, everybody. Did you see how, did you hear? how Kelly did that like a pro. So you absolutely positively must check out her seven strategies guide. All the information will be in the show notes and she's the real deal. Kelly, thank you so much. I really appreciate you. And you have an invitation to come back when your agency rolls out. Cause I literally am very excited for you to do
1: this. And I want to hear more when you're up and going. Thank you so much, Patty. I really appreciate that. And thank <laughs> you so much for inviting me. It's been a great conversation. Likewise. Thank you.
0: Hey there. Thanks for checking out the show, Positioning to Profit. It means a world to me that you've stayed here till the end. And if you love the show as much as we love putting it together for you, will you please do me a favor and leave a rating and review over on iTunes? It would really help the show and to get the message out. And when you do, do me a favor, send me a message over on socials, either Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, any of those, let me know that you left a review. Not only will I give you a shout out, but I'll be in touch with you to send you a little something something as a thank you for what you've done. All right. Also, like I mentioned, I'm on the socials, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, please do make sure to connect. I love connecting with new people and it just, again, really helps to get the word out. So thank you so much again for checking out the episode. And if you're looking for some goodies, head on over to my website. You can just go to positioningexpert.com and it'll take you right to my website. Lots of good stuff there. All right. See you next time.